Hello, and welcome to Relevate Presents Scholar's Ship, the podcast where we use real research to analyze, scrutinize, and humanize your favorite TV and movie couples. I'm your host, Eric Goodcase. Hello and welcome to a special 90s Nickelodeon nostalgia edition of Relevate Presents Scholarship. Joining me today, we have a multi-talented relationship scientist. He's also the producer of the show and does our intro music, uh, Denzel Jones. Denzel, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Multi-talented. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling uh, uh, fl- flattering today, so I feel like I should throw some of that at your way to make sure this goes well. Well, I appreciate it. I try to give some back here and there. Oh, perfect. Fair enough. So, uh, as you guys might know, we're going to be talking about 90s Nickelodeon today. We are both products of 90s and Nickelodeon, both made us the men we are today, so to speak. Um, but before we get into that, I was going to give uh, Denzel a chance to talk a little bit about what his research is and kind of what he's interested in. So, Denzel, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about what it is you're researching recently. Yeah, for sure. Uh so just very broadly, I'm uh, pretty interested in social justice and advocacy work. So the research that I do is primarily focusing on different minority groups, uh, whether it be race, religion, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, more specifically where I'm at right now, working more with uh, racial minorities. So currently starting to prepare my dissertation getting started up with that and exciting. i am yeah it's pretty exciting right yeah <laughs> exciting and scared yeah uh but i'm looking at the impact of racial socialization messages from different socialization agents on racial identity and black youth that's pretty much mm-hmm. what i'm doing right now very cool you ready to get into the list yeah man let's jump into it let's All do right. it so uh before we start we'll go over kind of uh, the rules that we set up uh to make sure this was on the up and up uh, so we decided we wanted to rank the top three best and worst 90s Nickelodeon couples. So these could be any couple, whether they're official or kind of implied or, or uh, obsession, as we'll get to with some of them. Yeah, had a fling. Or- yeah, yeah, exactly. So any, any kind of slightly romantic storyline, so to speak, in a 90s Nickelodeon show. So the show could be live action or cartoon. Uh, but it had to premiere on Nickelodeon in the 90s. So shows like Animaniacs don't count in case you're listening for uh, uh, Wacko Yakko and Hello Nurse. Uh, not yeah. not, not going not gonna to be able to do it. That didn't air on Nickelodeon originally. Um, shows like Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Danny Phantom. Yeah. I, was, I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they premiered after uh, 2000. So they're... Um, they're ineligible, uh, as well as the show Brothers Garcia. So I apologize to all the vast number of fans of the Brothers Garcia who are going to be missing out today. Uh, but SpongeBob would be technically uh, allowed, even though most of it ran in the 2000s. It did premiere in 1999, so it is it is eligible. Um, other rules of note, uh, only one show per list. Um, so your, your entire good list can't be from the same show. Your entire bad list can't be from the same show, which is good because I would just talk about Hey Arnold um, for the entire bad list. <laughs> like, 
Really? There's so many options. Just <laughs> I'll go over a little bit, but there's just so many options from Arnold's just terrible relationships. Um, trying to remember if we had any other rules. Do you remember anything that we discussed rule wise? Um, no, I think you covered it. I think you covered it pretty well. Sounds good. Well, how was, how was your uh, process like making this list? Um, well, I decided to uh, to save a surprise for you. Okay. Uh, my list has no live action. Okay. No live action shows on it. Uh, says a lot about like the social context that right, I was yeah. in growing up and <laughs> the ideology that I had of my uh, irrational fear of being afraid that I wasn't gonna grow up to become an adult. But so. <laughs> A lot of cartoons on my list. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, process was thought it was it was a little more difficult than I thought. Honestly, yeah, I thought there, so too. Yeah. There was a lot of a uh, a lot of relationships that were I found to be pretty stereotypical mm-hmm. across shows. Absolutely, and it made me think in a broader context about like what we were teaching our kids back yeah. then, <laughs> how yeah. the relationships 100%. look and how they should work or shouldn't, but. But yeah, I had a lot of issues with yeah. I found relationships. it difficult too dealing with the different age groups because sure. I felt like I had to do a lot of like extrapolating like this is an appropriate relationship for this age context. Makes sense. Um, to compare child relationships or like teenage relationships to adult relationships was difficult because you have a different set of expectations. Makes so sense. I kind of use some extrapolation, like where are they at developmentally and how does that relate to where they should be kind of a thing. That's smart. I just expected everybody <laughs> to have all their stuff together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, it was, that I think made it really difficult because I was, I was talking to a friend about my list and I was giving a few lists, a few of my options and he was like, oh really? And I was like, well, what's, what's wrong? It's like, they're children. <laughs> Why are you talking about children's relationships like that? Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I think this is uh, more fun than not. So I figured I'd go through with it anyway and kind of treat it um, developmentally. Oh. Um, did you have more trouble with the good list or the bad list? I had more trouble with the good list. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I just saw so many uh, different stereotypes mm-hmm. being played out, social roles across different cartoons that Definitely. just as we became older and just being in the field that we're in and having our privileged education, just being mm-hmm. able to pinpoint those things and spot it out. It's just yeah. like, wow, come on guys, really? But. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's interesting watching it from a different lens. So the, one of the other hard parts about making this list is that these shows aren't exactly easy to track down. They're not on Netflix. You can catch a few on YouTube, but um, that made it a little bit harder to go back and review. Um, a lot of retrospective, trying yeah. to like pull out those thoughts and memories of like what happened and piecing it all together yeah yeah for sure and i i also noticed that um a lot of the you know the main storyline characters because they're part of the main storyline they have to like create drama around it it was very hard to find good good relationships from like the main characters a lot of mine are kind of like secondary characters um yeah yeah um, but I actually had more trouble with the bad list. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't Tell know. Me about that. I don't know exactly what it was, but I was trying to find like, um, something that I, first of all, remembering it well enough was the hard part of it, but yeah. also just, it was just like, I wanted to remember it well enough and like, not just like the feeling it left me. I wanted to have some evidence as to why this relationship wasn't good. So like, there's a couple that I was like, I remember this being a bad relationship, but I, 
Yeah. My memory is not there. Yeah. So that made it a little bit more difficult, but, uh, I, uh, I got my list, so All I'm right. ready to go. You yeah. got yours? Yeah. You're ready to jump into cool. it? Yeah. And, uh, just a uh, note to the audience, uh, Denzel and I have not talked about our list. This is the first time we're hearing about it from <laughs> either one of us. And we thought that would be a, uh, fun twist. So I have no idea what's on Denzel's list. He has no idea what's on mine. Uh, we're just kind of figuring it out as we go. All right. So the way I was kind of thinking about it was, um, uh, we'd go like, you go, well, do you want to start with the bad list or the good list? Hmm. Start with the, start with the, what do you think? I think, I think we should start with the bad list. That way the very last thing we talk about is our number one on the good list. Yeah, let's kind do of that. wraps it up. Um, so we'll kind of, uh, go through, um, we have some honorable mentions too. So we'll do our three or two. We'll go over our dimensionals before we hit number one. Does that work for you? For sure. For sure. Sounds good. All right. So what is your choice for the number three worst relationship? In the 90s Nickelodeon lore. It's honorable mention? I uh, know number three on your list. Number three on my list. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so number three. I'm going to SpongeBob with this one. Okay. Going to SpongeBob. I'm going to say number three is Plankton Karen. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about Plankton and Karen. I don't remember. I, I'm familiar with the, because that's like the robot, right? Yeah. The, 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 um, Plankton basically made his yeah, wife the, right. the artificial intelligence. It stood for something. I can't remember what wife stood yeah. for, but he basically built his wife. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so like Karen, she doesn't often show it, but she really does care for Plank. And although they have evil intentions of taking over Bikini Bottom, mm-hmm. at least we could say that they have that thing together. Right. So I guess that's something good that comes out of this That's good. That's good. But uh, the thing is, Plankton is very, very, very dependent on Karen. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes he loses himself in this relationship. Okay. In the sense that Plankton can't even function well enough to complete basic tasks such as blinking <laughs> without Karen being there to help him along the way. So she is very much the uh, the driver in this relationship and pretty much makes up for a lot of the screw-ups that he has. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, some positives in terms of her really caring for him, but he just is so dependent. That yeah, it's, just... Yeah, it's a liability. ultra... Yeah. ...used, for mm-hmm. lack of better terms right yeah. now, and trying to step out of that... <laughs> research brain a little bit but uh it's also mentioned that they have an arranged marriage which Mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing right um which really the issue about this is karen actually never agreed to marry plank she sometimes appears to be unhappy in the relationship Mm -hmm. uh other times it's questionable. Sometimes she appears happy, but a lot right. of the time she appears to be unhappy. Well, so she's very stuck. Yeah. So not only does she take care of him like she's his mother, mm-hmm. uh, she also just isn't happy in a relationship and right. just kind of just dragging him along for yeah. the ride of life. And, and there's certainly a difference between like an arranged marriage and kind of like you know she can't like move and leave on her own accord. She's yeah. she's very much stuck in that kind of kind of paints a bad picture yeah and he kind of made her but yeah 
that too. That's so <laughs> different story. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's number really, three on my list. Yeah, I'm not sure how really that falls into it. Uh, do you want to go through your list or do you want me to hit my number three? Hit your number three. Let's see what you got. All right, you're not going to like this one. Really? I already know ahead of time. Okay. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. All right, my number three on the worst list, I have Doug Mayonnaise and, or excuse me, Doug <laughs> Funny and Patricia Mayonnaise. Really? Yep. Really? Tell me uh, why. Partly because I know you love Doug and I wanted to create some uh, back and forth, I guess, yeah. to create some controversy. Um, so send all your hate mail my way. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of that. It's a pretty mm-hmm. well like couple, but um, a lot of my rationale was a lot of Doug's kind of um, obsession, essentially. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, it, it was just... Um, in terms of how he would, first of all, the, the, the how they met, you know, the slipping on the ketchup, ketchup and yeah, yeah. It just like the instant <laughs> falling in love, you know, that is kind of an issue, I think, just kind of like the, and part of it's just his age, right? You know, when mm-hmm. you're a kid, you, you tend to um, ascribe really strong feelings very quickly, maybe not warranted, but it kind of is like borderline obsession. He kind of like thinks about her and like, yeah, Does I can see that. And, like, I can see that. She doesn't seem to be too interested in him romantically. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind for all those listening, this is this is Disney. Doug has nothing to do with this podcast. Um, once Doug went to Disney, as far as we're concerned, it doesn't exist. This yeah, is only yeah, Nickelodeon. Because yeah. <laughs> honestly, I have no idea if that changed at all. And I know, and maybe you remember mm-hmm. but not better than I do. I remember Patty and and Doug going on a date. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that uh, they went out. Then they, bowling, they were right? out to like the doorstep mm-hmm. and Doug like tried to lean in and kiss her. Is that what you're talking about? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was just like, okay, well, good night. And she just ran in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It, yeah. I remember that very distinctly. Yeah. I, I just, it's hard because it's not mutual. It's very much one-sided and, um, they get along. They're very good friends and that's why they're not at Helga and Arnold status, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point today. I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. Um, Sure. But it it is kind of like overly obsessive and it's not mutual, which means that I don't know what he, what it is about Patty he's into other than um, kind of like idealizing her, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, so I actually had them and this is going to be my plot twist. So yeah. I guess you kind of screwed it up for me. I actually had the number two on my good list. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I kind of uh, thought they'd be on your good list. Like I said, I'm trying to create some controversy yeah, by sure. doing this. So you're actually, you're actually pulling me to your side a little bit though. I like, I like your argument. It's very compelling. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, so I will say, I will say, uh, Doug has a lot of insecurities about yeah. himself, mm-hmm. his relation to others, a lot of confidence issues, which, that's something that he should probably work on more so before worried about getting to a relationship. True. That's but, uh, a really good point. You're helping my side more. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. That's, that's what I'm here for. Um, but I would say that they're very supportive of each other. Um, a lot of times we saw uh, Doug being in a bind or a situation. And Patty mm-hmm. wasn't afraid to step in and stand up for him and stick up for him. Uh there was also times whenever Roger would be picking on Patty. Mm-hmm. Roger was just a bully. He picked on everybody. That's true. When Roger picked on Doug, Doug took it. But he was not taking it whenever Roger picked on Patty. That's very true. So, uh, 
still maybe kind of playing into your obsession piece that, a little, but uh, also plays into that kind of. Uh, it's not the you know the fact that Roger's picking on someone. He's not. It's not like that is what's bothering him. It really is that he feels like he has to kind of go in and save her. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're killing me here. You're yeah, killing yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm winning right now. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. I don't know. I just like this. This could be like my total one hundred percent bias. I'm gonna throw it out there. This is my bias. Fair enough. I just think that if Doug just worked on himself a little bit, that they could just work on building each other up. I just think they have a very positive future together. I think it could work. So you're hardcore shipping them right now. I'm shipping them. Yeah, I'm shipping them. That's not that's number one status, but right. Yeah, yeah they're not G six, G fourteen classifications yet, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and I do see that side. Like I said, I think this one is, um, I don't think it would have been in my top three if I didn't want to like kind of like create some controversy around it. But I really do. I see a lot of the um, um, kind of uh, that obsession stuff, but also kind of now that you brought up the thing about Roger picking on her, I, I noticed that too. It's like I, the saving her, a lot of his fantasies are about him being... Yeah. You know, Smash Adams or Quail Smash Man, Adam and like Quail Man using his Klotzenstein. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the one where it's like a um, he was that a big T-Rex. T-Rex. Like, yeah, 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 he was like the Godzilla thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was the Quail Eyes, <laughs> the Eye of the Quail. That the was eye of the yeah. Quail. Man, not quite. I mean, between Quail Man and Really Really Big Man, it's hard to choose. Like my favorite superhero from the '90s Nickelodeon lore, but like. Mm-hmm. Quill Man was pretty impressive. That Eye Quill of the Quill, Man. Patience. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Two more. Yeah. yeah. Patience and Speed. Intelligence, Patience, Intelligence, and Speed. Intelligence. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. Was. That's what brings it home. And that's a good message, too. Like, yeah. I think he, he, he had some good things going on for him. But so He's trying. I think yeah. I think he ages a little. He uh, learns more about himself. I think yeah. they can make this work. Fair enough. I don't know. It's my bias. <laughs> bias is coming out. And you never know. Like, we don't have that. Um, we don't have that foresight into the future. Yes, we could um, watch a Disney Disney. Yeah, <laughs> we could. But here's my challenge to Nickelodeon. If you're listening, I, I want a college version of Doug. I want. I want to know what's happening in Doug's life. Like twenties, like late early twenties um, with Doug and Patty. How did that go? Like I want to see what happened to these people. That would be cool. So you make that show. You got an audience. I promise you that. So it might just be me and Denzel, but you got an audience. You got an audience. It'd be like the all grown up version, except exactly, more grown yeah, up. Yeah. More grown up. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Who you got for number two? Number two. On the bad list. Number two on the bad list. So I'm going to be tossing you the alley oop on this one. Okay. Like you have probably have a lot more knowledge than I have on this one. Okay. But I'm going to PS 118. Ooh, PS yeah. 118. Very nice. And I'm going with Arnold and Lila. Oh, okay. Yep, number Very two good. on the worst yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are an honorable mention for me. Uh, I have several Hey Arnold honorable mentions because, okay. like I said, there's just an entire list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Reason I chose them. It's just, again, it's a heartbreaking story. This is a Doug and Patty conversation all over again. Yeah. It's, it's kind of what it is. So, have young guy meets young girl. Not really thinking anything of it. Have another variable come in with Helga, mm-hmm. right? And what was it like? Arnold loves Lila on the bathroom wall or something like that. Oh, I don't remember this. Something yeah. like that. Somehow uh, she found Lila found that out mm-hmm. and really thought that Arnold liked her. 
liked liked her. Gotcha. But uh, he didn't at this time. Oh, I so, can yeah. this now. Yeah, so, like, yeah. the more she started, like, playing up this whole light, light thing, mm-hmm. Arnold, like, just started to catch feelings for her. Just mm-hmm. being in the proximity and yeah. continuously talk about it. He started mm-hmm. to catch some feelings for her. But eventually, as he caught these feelings for her, she was just kind of like, nah, fam, like, I'm not really feeling you no more. And it was just like... Yeah, because didn't it swap? Wasn't she interested in Arnold at one point and then it switched? Yep, it didn't yeah. switch. So, mm-hmm. like, the whole rest of, like, the series, like, Arnold spent his time, like, really trying to impress this girl that he really liked that just yeah. had no feelings for him. Yeah. The bad point is she ended up falling for Arnold's cousin. Yeah, Arnie. <laughs> Arnie. Yeah. So I was going to bring them up because they're Arnie. so funny because I think they're, like, a weirdly good couple. Yeah. Because, like... <sighs> Arnie I think Lila's nice, or, but or Lila, Arnie and Arnie, Lila. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Lila's kind of boring, and like Arnie is the epitome of boring. Like he is, <laughs> he reads the back of peanut labels on flights. He he reads shampoo ingredients. Like the dude is straight up boring, <laughs> and like she's not super exciting either. She's very nice. And yeah. I think that's her defining feature, and I think a lot of her personality gets lost because it's just about how she's nice. Yeah, yeah. Just really a Southern Bale type. Yeah, yeah. Southern Bale type, nice. We would like to interrupt your current listening experience to introduce you to another podcast you might like. Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And like, I think it's something to be said too about how she was into him. And then once he became into her, she wasn't about that. Like, I think they both have some, something there. And I think yeah. Arnold and Ruth would go along uh, similar lines here. Yeah. Cause Arnold was pretty obsessed with Ruth pre Lila. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ruth was older, um, kind of unattainable and Arnold kind of moved to a more attainable crush. Yeah. Um, but still, a lot of the same thing. Just like really into, but very one sided. Sure. Yeah. Ruth on your honorable mentions? No, I mean, like, yeah, I actually did have Arnold and Ruth and Arnold and Lila just because they're very similar kind Arnold's of ideas. All over the place. Though Ruth seemed to be more uh, looks based and Lila seemed to be more um, personality based. So I feel like yeah. that did signify some growth for Arnold. Yeah. Because um, Ruth, he was really into those uh, those braces. He was really into those braces that we've yeah. had. And uh, he had, I'm trying to remember, wasn't there an episode where he like was like faking being a waiter and like 
like using that to kind of date Ruth. I vaguely remember that. You got me with that. Going back and forth between dating her and like Helga, quote unquote, Helga's French cousin or whatever. I remember Helga's French cousin. I kind of like remember the entire um, storyline here, but he did kind of have some like interplay with Ruth, but I think he found out that he wasn't into her after a while. Like it it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Despite all the work he put in on the Vet Cheese Festival. Just... (laughs) oh man this is great like just remembering all the things that happened yeah okay sure but yeah so i think arnold not a bad choice yeah ready to move on your number two uh yeah my number two is uh drew and charlotte pickles from rugrats okay i have them on my honorable mentions do you yeah Yeah, so i was actually gonna do the same thing you did i was gonna throw us to you a little bit because i i don't remember them very well i just know that in the entire rugrats universe the the parental supervision was so atrocious. <laughs> just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you lose the kids that many times? Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I do think that Charlotte, as a mother, did really try hard, but she was just so caught up in work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, like, you know, it was cool to have, like, a businesswoman-type character, like, very, like, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, start. Man, Start well, a progressive movement. And you could see a lot of um, the issues in the relationship through Angelica, right? Yeah. So Angelica was, you know, mean and needed attention and spoiled and all those things. And, you, and she mm-hmm. was very much a manifestation of, of the relationship between Drew and Charlotte, which, you know, was, um, I think, very similar in the fact that they didn't spend much, like, time For with sure. each other. They're both kind of in their own world, it seemed For like. sure. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think you might have more information Rugrats-wise than you. I, I used to love Rugrats and watched all the time, and I, my memory of Rugrats just is not very good. Yeah, I would say that uh, you just think about the various different contexts that comes into play with their relationship. So you mentioned a lot about Angelica. Yeah. That's very much a good point. Uh, whenever you think whenever you think about, uh, think about them two as individuals, they both had very good, very prestigious jobs. Yes, yeah. Especially... Uh, what was your name? I Charlotte, Charlotte especially yeah. Charlotte. Um, so as you also mentioned, it, a huge issue was that Charlotte was very much a powerhouse. Yeah, she came off as a little insane at times, and mm. she's just a workaholic, yeah. just workaholic mother, workaholic partner. So she really spent a lot of time, a lot of time, the majority of her time focused on her work. Mm. She spent very little time focused on angelica yeah and i'm assuming just by proxy not very much time with her husband either yep yep yeah. getting there getting yeah. there oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah, yeah i'm stepping on your toes thinking about drew thinking about drew mm-hmm. he also had a very good job mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time on angelica he would call the princess oh, and the angel right. and cupcake yeah. and muffin and he mm-hmm. was just all about angelica mm-hmm. loved her to death just absolutely loved Angelica. The way that it manifested just wasn't so healthy and productive to their relationship. And that, that honestly, it sounds like you know, I'm going to step on your toes again. Ahead, honestly, that sounds very much related to the fact that he's not able to do that with his wife. Maybe ah, I don't know. Yeah, like, that yeah. sounds like uh, it sounds like that's kind of um, I don't know. That just sounds like a, a redirecting. Some I can see that. Yeah. And that's obviously speculation. I'm not saying that's what regrets intended at all, but I could certainly see that kind of in play. As one parent is kind of, or one member of the couple is kind of like 
very involved elsewhere mm-hmm. and you know to kind of like i don't want to say replace yeah. that because that gets weird but like for sure just kind of like having this kind of like energy towards caring and wanting to be there for someone and like not being able to place it with your partner but mm-hmm. maybe going over and above with making sure angelica knows oh princess i love you all those things because he doesn't want to lose angelica maybe like he lost wow so, that's deep that's deep <laughs> i feel like i'm making some really big conclusions from a show i have not seen in a long time but hey that's what uh cartoons are about yeah, the imagination true. right but yeah just uh between focus on work mm-hmm. focus on angelica they just didn't have a lot of time yeah. for each other mm-hmm. uh i guess angelica is just the human embodiment of their relationship <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of how i viewed it um one the parenting's atrocious and i did take that into account like all of the parents on Rugrats could be held to cut like could be on this list in terms of like parenting wise yeah um in in a lot of these shows because let's be honest if the if the kids are going to have adventures that means the parents have to be terrible like <laughs> it, it, it's true though yeah like grandpa tells arnold and his friends to go onto this like train this ghost train that goes in, in go tells them to go chase other things and um the thornberries don't seem to care very much what eliza's doing yeah i'm trying to think of other parents they were boring the thornberries <laughs> uh Nigel and Marianne. Mary, yeah, mm-hmm. Marion. They were they were boring. <laughs> they, <laughs> we'll get back to them. We'll okay, get back to them at some okay, point, probably. Um, how was I going to say? It, it just it just it's a it's a staple of child shows. And like, what 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 parents would tell their ten year old son on the very first day they're in a new city to go to the Honker Burger and bring back food for everyone? Yeah, who would do that? Yeah, it's terrible. It's like, oh, we're unpacking. Hey, ten year olds, go. And they have it, a teenage daughter. Like, Judy could have done it. Yeah. Like, I, I know she has some issues and or, probably isn't very meat-friendly. But <laughs> yeah, or she they, could have easily also gone to the Hunkerberg where they sent Doug on this long trip to – anyway. They could have spent some family time together and going – I can't remember if there was a reason why they didn't, but – Yeah, I don't remember either. I just very distinctly remember Doug going by himself to a restaurant in this new town that he just moved into. It was fake, man. He was supposed to slip on that ketchup packet. packet, They're meant to be, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) Back to them, which he keeps under his bed, like in a special box. Like that's that's a little much. That's that's almost hell gas. That is almost hell hell gas. Young love, man. Young love. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Before we get to the number one worst relationship on our list, who are uh, who are some honorable mentions? Who else did you got on your honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. So we talked about uh, Drew and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I also had this is a little stretch i had mr and mrs big head as did i you did mm-hmm. T- tell me about what, what you had them so you had them? i actually originally had them on my list okay um because my memory of them was not that they weren't very supportive of each other that they fought a lot and all that was mm-hmm. true and my other memory of that list is mrs big head hitting on rocco seducing rocco like hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and calling a phone sex line that rocco worked for yeah yes this is a kid show and that that scene did happen um so like there are some issues there but i watched an episode it was the wacky deli episode this is like the one episode i had access to and so um gosh i don't even know how to describe this so there was a scene where ed was in a hamster ball Mm-hmm. And he was chasing Bev throughout the house, and they were like laughing and giggling, and like 
it very much looked like foreplay of some kind. Yeah. Like it, it like they had a very loving relationship, I thought. And, and there was moments I know where they were like, I can picture um, Mrs. Big Head's voice being like, oh, Eddie or stuff like that. I can picture like some uh, affection in the relationship. But like, do that voice again? I don't think I can. It's not again. <laughs> it, it was a terrible choice. Uh, probably should have let it out, but you know we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it. We, we gotta keep it. It's, <laughs> it's part of history now. Um, but yeah, the whole hitting on Rocco thing—they did fight a lot. I, I still think they're on the bad side of the um, the good bad continuum, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't quite push them over the top into the list. What about you? What do you think? Basically, sounds like we had the same thing. I and it was a stretch because. I tried to look at them as uh, as as a unit as well as in, as individuals. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to look at them as a unit just because oh, true. I strongly dislike Mr. Big Head. <laughs> He's just <laughs> angry and grumpy and yeah. just angry at the world, bitter and just dislikes and hates everybody yeah. and was mean and to Rocco and Heifer and Spunky. He his son, too. Like he, he took him a while to come around to his son. Yeah, son. Yeah. And his, his wife's very loving towards the son. Yeah. So they just had a very different dynamic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she just kept him in line a lot, yeah. although she was very, uh, very loud at times as well. Very mm-hmm. uh, domineering. But yeah. yeah, just them together. I don't know, dude. Just had a sucky relationship. Yeah, there. it wasn't great, but it had, it, had, it had enough on it where I didn't push them over the top. Pretty Plus, sure. I really wanted to talk about Doug and Patty. So had to be on there. I also, uh, fun fact, I read somewhere that uh, the writer based them off of their actual grumpy neighbors. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's that was amazing. Them. Yeah, that's amazing. And the show's coming back. Rocco's yeah, Life is coming right. back. Rocco's My Life is I'm coming back. Excited. I've watched the trailer. I am super interested in. I'm okay. ready to go. I'm ready to go on this new Rocco. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, see how the big heads uh, um, play out on that. Yep. Let's see. Uh, who else you got on your honorable mentions? So the rest of my honorable mentions are all hey, Arnold characters. Okay, shoot. Um, I have Arnold and Ruth and Arnold and Lila. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Uh, Big Bob Pataki and Miriam Pataki. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. There's so much to say about these two. I'm not going to get into it too much, but they're, he's just such a jerk. And she is so... Like she's very much given up. She's kind of a very sad character. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she talks about and drinks smoothies, it's very much a, um, a metaphor for alcoholism, the way she is. Yeah. Um, he's very domineering, very um, caught up in Olga more so than his wife or with Helga. Yeah. Um, uh, just not, not a lot good that I remember from the two of them. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, hair on is your jam. I yeah. Know I, okay. I, I remember. I remember, I remember yeah. their relationship being pretty bad, and he was like a big businessman, right? Yeah, and big Bob's beepers. Like he's yeah. probably out of business by now. Like that's one of the things I'm most curious about. Like how did the Pataki family handle moving into cell phones? Did like they make that transition okay, or did they kind of like lose hmm. their business? Because like he made a lot of money on those beepers. Yeah, he seems his uh, from what I remember about his personality, he seemed very. Uh, very persistent. 
yeah, that's true. his beliefs. So I doubt yeah. that he attempted to make that transition. Yeah, yeah. He was very stubborn. Oh, they're bad. And the last one I have um, from Harold Universe is Oscar Kakashka and his <laughs> wife, whose name I can't remember now. I wrote it down earlier and I, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. Anyway. I but they do remember that relationship now that you mentioned oh, it. Oh, man. The, the, the whiny make me a sandwich. The mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. doesn't care about her at all. Uh, wasted money, bet money, like lost money gambling. Like he was, he was a trip. Yeah. And like every storyline was centered around how terrible person he was and how he took like this tiny step to be like not as terrible. And then she would stick around and it was just, oh. Yeah. Just hate to see it go down like oh, that. Oh man, it was rough. I just, you could do so much better. Woman whose name I can't remember. <laughs> we can at least remember your name. If yeah, I feel, I feel really, really bad now. But um, yeah, they were just, oh man, he, he was bad. And I, I think she probably had some issues that probably kept her around. I'm sure, yeah. uh, you know, he wasn't like abusive or mean in any way. Mm. He was just a terrible partner that only cared about himself. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about her that kept her in that relationship. You know, there might be something there in terms of like wanting to be the, uh, the functional one in the relationship or kind of wanting to take care of someone. There might be something that led into that, but oof. It was, that's a rough relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Arnold does have a lot of, a lot of relationships that could use a lot of work. Oh my gosh. This whole list, my whole bet, if I had the option, my whole list would have been Arnold. I don't know which is worse, the Patakis or Kakashkas, but they would have also made this list. And my number one is from Hey Arnold, so we'll get to that in a second. But Okay. Okay. So we do my honorable mentions real quick. Oh yeah, go real through. Quick. Yeah. So I only have two more. So... SpongeBob and Patrick, honorable mention. Okay. So not SpongeBob and Patrick as a whole, uh, like throughout the series of them being like just really close friends mm-hmm. and debatable whether they like had any further interest in each other or not. Right. Um, that's out the window. Focuses specifically on this one moment that I can remember where SpongeBob and Patrick became parents. Okay. SpongeBob and Patrick became parents. I think they had a baby clam. Patrick okay. was the dad. SpongeBob was the mom. SpongeBob <laughs> was wrecking himself at home, doing motherly duties, cleaning up, cooking. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob actually grew more arms so SpongeBob could like do all these tasks. Patrick was at work. Patrick would come home late. Patrick was at work. Patrick come home late. Patrick was going back to work. Come to find out, Patrick was actually at the bar drinking. Oh man. Yeah. So. Bad parents just all that's around rough, and yeah. Nickelodeon. So that's yeah, rough. that's SpongeBob and Patrick. Maybe it's something about becoming a parent in the Nickelodeon universe. Like all of a sudden something terrible happens and you can't do basic things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell you, man, those messages that get sent. Yeah, it, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So lastly, I had uh, Chucky and Megan. So, <laughs> Tell me the story about Chucky and yeah, Megan. Yeah, Chucky and Megan. I'll give you a brief rundown of it. I'll give you the... Uh, the abridged version. So, Chucky, the rest of the Rugrats went to the park one day. Uh, met this girl named Megan. They were pretty cool, Rugrats and Megan. Megan kept picking on Chucky, picking on Chucky, messing with Chucky, teasing Chucky. 
So Rugrats would uh rest Rugrats and Chucky would go back and talk. They couldn't figure out what was going on, why she was so crazy, why she kept messing with Chucky. So one day she was picking on Chucky. Chucky finally snapped. <laughs> Chucky asked her, he said, he said, Why you keep picking on me? And she said, Cause I like you, okay? She ran off. So she really liked them. She was just trying to Jeez. show affection. She a huge message that kids get sent all the time. Yeah. Yeah. She did what she knew how to do at that age. I mm-hmm. guess it yeah. was developmentally appropriate. <laughs> uh, again, something that seems to be consistent about my list is whenever these guys find out girls like them, they just can't resist. <laughs> so Chucky goes to liking Megan. They start to hang out. After being treated pretty terribly. After being pretty, like, treated yeah. pretty terribly. He even went and went back and told other Rugrat friends that he was getting serious and thinking about getting married. Granted, Chuck is three at this point. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Let's <laughs> so fast forward a little bit. Uh, one day, Chucky was in the park looking for Megan. Couldn't find Megan. Looked everywhere for Megan. Couldn't find her. Finally found her. She was on the swings. Swinging and chilling with another dude. Dang. Dang. <laughs> so, swing with another dude. Broke Chucky's heart. Chucky ran off crime. She called Chucky back. She called him back. Wait, wait. She called him back? She called him back over. Oh, okay. She, I, was, I thought you meant like I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> she okay, was calling gotcha, for him gotcha. as he was running off. Gotcha. But took no further advancements after Dang. that. Just let That's him like run off. like out of a movie right there. Yeah. So that was the end of Chucky and Megan. Although she appeared in other cameo episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So. Okay. It's my honorable mentions. I have no memory of that, so that did not make my honorable mentions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, uh, number one. Let's hear it. Number one. All right. So you're going to have to work with me a little on this one. I'm really excited because I honestly don't even have a guess right now. You don't have a guess? No, not even. You don't think so? No. I think you you might. Who, Who do you think it is? I, I don't even have a clue. Is it Rugrats? No. All right. So, you got to think about this person or being okay. as one entity. So, I'm taking it to Cat Dog. Oh, my Think God. about Cat Dog <laughs> as one entity. So, it is neither cat nor dog. I had, this is, I had no, I have no concept of this. Go on. <laughs> go on. Go for it. So, it's neither cat nor dog, mm-hmm. but it's Cat Dog. Gotcha. So I'm going to go number one, cat dog, and shriek. Okay. So this is where my my research interest comes out. Let's hear it. So you remember shriek from the greasers? They used to uh, the greasers were like the bullies. Then they were Which dogs. One was, was it? She was short poodle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Had the curly hair. Yeah. So she was very very emotional, romantically attracted to dog. She got a huge crush on dog that she would hide from the rest of like the greaser gang. Uh So whenever they were beating up cat dog, Mm -hmm. she would, uh, so she would hit cat, but she would never touch dog. Okay. Never touch dog. So for me, you're about to get real symbolic right now. I love it. Go ahead. So it's like, it symbolizes like our identity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, almost like to say, I love you. But there's this piece about you that I absolutely hate. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for this one piece of you, like we could be so great together. But that thing is so strong. That small piece of your identity that is large to you is something that I just can't love you for. 
So that's, I don't, that's that's beautiful, man. I appreciate that's it. Beautiful. I appreciate it. As soon as you started, I was like, oh, I know where he's going with this. This is gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, because it, it is very symbolic for this idea of like, especially because she's so hateful towards his cat. And like, yes, they always and just kind of like that, not accepting because like not liking things about a partner. That's that's one thing. Like not, not mm-hmm. liking a part, uh, but completely rejecting and being violent towards another identity is you know that's for sure much more serious so i like where you're going yeah it was really smart yeah yeah so that one was uh touched me personally yeah that was definitely fits right into the to the groove of the research area and mm-hmm. social advocacy you know? yeah very nice yeah appreciate so it. mine's not symbolic at all Okay, well, Helga and Arnold. That's it <laughs> and I also didn't want to include Helga and Arnold because I figured oh, you'd man. take that one away. It, it, yeah, it's <laughs> like the the obsession. So I already talked about the obsession thing with like Doug and Patty, but Helga takes it to a new level. Um, yeah, and a lot of this does have to do with where Helga comes from with her parents and like not getting the attention and like you know you learn in an episode where Helga's in therapy that the reason she likes Arnold so much is on this day in preschool where she was getting zero attention from her parents, her parents didn't care about her. Arnold like offered her a, an umbrella and said he liked her bow. Mm-hmm. And that was it for her. So like that it, it's nice. Cause it, it's so wrapped up in this like very important moment for her. Like she has this like very important um, tie to as to why she likes Arnold so much. Yeah. Um, but it's out of control because she is incredibly mean to him she's you know hurtful she's all over the place she is she's all over the place too like it's hot and cold and um arnold has no interest in her uh and except when she's pretending to be a french woman or when she's pretending to be lila at a party yeah which also very weird (laughs) (laughs) um and she does like very intricate plans to like mess with arnold's life (laughs) yeah for sure like going back to the cheese festival like she put a lot of things in motion to make sure arnold didn't talk to ruth or that didn't go well like some pretty intense things and like sabotaging she turns to violence whenever people find out about her attraction to arnold (laughs) punches that dude right in the face (laughs) like um but yeah they're my number one just because it's you know it's on every level that she is just she just treats him so horribly but expects him to like her still yeah. Arnold's a very nice person so he he does treat her with some level of respect yeah. um but it's certainly not an endearing thing that he does and I, I and it bothers me too because um the movie played into the their relationship like becoming a thing and i think a lot of people who watched the show um really played into it and i and that's i think what bothers me the most is you know if she was just some weird character who is obsessed with Arnold and um, people just kind of like laugh that off. That would be one thing, but I have like seen in lots of reactions. And like, I think that the show was trying to build towards them getting together. Mm. And, you know, there's, you know, fake flash forward episodes where um, I think Helga's the president I'm trying to remember that now. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And like Arnold's and like some forward flashing where, and that's, I think from Helga's, you know, imagination, but still like, I think the writers did a very um, intentional job of like playing it up. Like they were eventually like going to be a thing. Um, and I think that's unfortunate for Arnold, <laughs> like very unfortunate for Arnold. Yeah. Cause it's not a good relationship on any level. I would also say if you, uh, 
as you mentioned Lila in that story, mm-hmm. I didn't notice how much she gets on my nerves until like we think about how she decided that she wasn't going to like 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 Arnold anymore, or, like take any advances because she found out that Helga had a crush on her and she That's was trying true. to be. Yeah. I guess she was trying to be a ride or die friend. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, how do you, I don't know if she struggled with it, but like, how do you, why, how do you suppress feelings towards someone else yeah. because of someone else who is somewhat kind of your friend? Right. But Not also really doesn't yeah. really Wasn't care that for you the, either. Um, did that come out in like the play episode where Helga's like picking off all the women who are supposed to play uh, Juliet? I believe so. Yeah. And, she wanted that part in the play. Yeah. And um, Lila was like the last one she had to knock off and mm-hmm. she ended up just like telling telling her that she was into Arnold and, and she was gonna keep her secret. And Helga took advantage of that yeah. that situation like <laughs> Man she ah. really she really went for that kiss and Hey Arnold a little just... weird. Like I know it's part of the play, but she definitely took that beyond a um a reasonable level to the point where it was a little probably uncomfortable for Arnold. Yeah, putting she, him in a bad situation. So <laughs> she is a hundred miles an hour all the time. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry, but making a shrine in your closet of chewed gum. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a whole other level. That is, you know, Doug's pretty over the top with Patty, but like yeah. Helga hits a whole new level with that obsession. Like I guess nowadays people, much, uh, people just download photos of their crush on Facebook and save them as like their lock screens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the equivalent, it's, right? I don't know if there's an equivalent to chewing gum like <laughs> statues. Yeah. That's a little much. And <laughs> I remember her, I, I have a very distinct like memory of her like dancing with it and kissing it. Yeah, getting stuck to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just rough. Yeah. All right, let's move on from this because yeah. that's let's, disgusting, dude. Let's, that's disgusting. Let's pick this up in a positive direction. Let's go to our good list. So let's go three and two, then our honorable mentions, and then we'll talk about our number one. So who you got number three? Number three. So number three, I actually have Stu and Dee Dee Pickles. Okay. I think it helps in the greater context of the other adult relationships and parenting figures in the show mm-hmm. that uh, it's hard to see them as not being good mainly because everyone else is so bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, D, uh, Stu and DD had their own, uh, had their own problems, had their own issues, just like mm-hmm. any couple would. Right. Um, Stu was an inventor. He was very creative. Mm-hmm. His inventions sucked. <laughs> Yet she was very supportive of him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were supportive she, of each other. Yeah, she she was annoyed, but they she was supportive. They were supportive of each other. They mm-hmm. had each other's back. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent a lot of time together, and they also like cherished their two kids as part of their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we also talked about, how Angelica's parents weren't that uh, that greater parent parental mm-hmm. figures to her. They also even took the liberty upon themselves from time to time to like be more of those uh, positive adult, positive parent figures towards Angelica and integrating her into like their own system. Mm-hmm. So they had that's true. They had a very, uh, very respectful, very supportive relationship with each other. And they wanted they, to be good parents because they read a lot about Doctor Lipschitz. Doctor Lipschitz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they value research, which uh, gives us bonus yeah. points on this podcast. Yeah, so good they for you guys research. Today. 
Don't know if it was peer-reviewed or supported <laughs> by anything, but it was research. I'm pretty sure he was very Freudian, wasn't he? Or like, yeah, he was very yeah. much Freudian. I think pretty sure he had an Aust- Austrian accent when he... Yeah. Also... Also it, names. Names and cartoons back then. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah, we can get into Assistant Principal Bone and Principal Butt Savage later if you yeah. want. Yeah. Lipshit. <laughs> um, also, an interfaith couple, because Stu mm-hmm. is Christian and Dee Dee is Jewish, Jewish. That's right. and they both celebrated both things, which I thought was very cool. That's right, yeah. and exposed their children absolutely to different cultures. Yeah. yeah, and very just being very accepting of both cultures. I and obviously it's a kids show, but like it never seemed to like come between them very much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good point. Thank you. All right, yeah, so that's my number three. My number three, we're going to the world of Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. Do you have a guess? Is it Heifer's parents? No, that would be interesting. The wolves? No. I, I honestly don't remember what they're like. But I, I think I remember his dad being really mean. Yeah, I, I kind remember. of remember too. Yeah. His mom's nice, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I don't know. Uh, I have um, Philbert and Dr. Paula Hutchison. You know her? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, a, a very good couple and they are very much different like she's very um uh, optimistic and happy all the time and he's um essentially in a woody allen stereotype mm-hmm. um if you're just very neurotic and um anxious and gets nauseous a lot um but she kind of like i think you know there's lots of research against the whole opposites attract thing you're more likely to end up with someone similar to you than, than opposite but there is like idea of like being complimentary towards each other. And I think they brought out the best in each other a lot. And um, I think you mostly saw it with her kind of pushing him to do things. So kind of like helping him through his nauseousness and anxiety. She was very supportive of him. And she's also like a very kind of like pretty impressive character. Like she's, she's a doctor. I'm pretty sure she did multiple doctoring things. Like I think she, she was a dentist at one point. I think she's a dentist. Like and a doctor, like a, yeah, um, she, like a medical doctor. I think she she's just a very impressive uh, uh, yeah. work background, and she puts a lot of work into their relationship and a lot of trust in their relationship because you might remember they had children. Ah, One of them looks exactly like Heifer. Really? <laughs> yeah, because Heifer, <laughs> <laughs> Heifer sat on the egg. Or something, yeah, 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 yeah. So that made one of them look like him, and like it didn't cause any trust issues between the two of them, as you might expect it would. Yeah, like if a baby comes out looking like a steer, and you're, I don't know what she is, a dog, a cat, I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like either of them, but it looks like their friend. You think there would be some trust issues, but yeah, they were able to um, explain it through the fact that it is clearly it was because Heifer sat on an egg that changed it, but. <laughs> thought that was good uh, i mean they had kids together they they got married uh i thought they were a good relationships so i had them at number three all right so what do you got for number two uh number two i'm just gonna just make this the last point oh okay. make this the bottom line Doug and patty are meant to be together <laughs> i forgot yeah this and we're moving two. on yeah okay <laughs> you don't have any other any other points i forgot we already talked about this for you yeah i think we talked uh, extensively about mm-hmm. them so Fair enough. I'll let that be that. All right. My number two, we're going, I think this is my first live action. Okay. So I'm going uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, this is a show from the early 90s. They yeah. showed a lot of reruns uh, later on, but and that's where I picked it up. But it, it, I think it started in like 1991. 
It's a show I really got into, and I, for the life of me, I don't know anyone else who like watched it as extensively as I did. I don't know what it is about me or that show, but I really, really liked it. And um, it's got some really great cameos in it. Steve Buscemi plays one of the characters' moms, or excuse me, dad. Um, Iggy Pop has a cameo. Michelle Trachtenberg was the main character for a while uh, when she was very little. Um, it just—it was just a very—I really enjoyed the show. It's very kind of quirky and fun and uh, goofy. But uh, anyway, for my list, I have Big Pete and Ellen. So they were um, give you some background since probably no one knows who I'm talking about right now. Yeah, I say I have nothing to offer you. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Big Pete's kind of the main character. He's in his teens. He's in high school. Um, very much a uh, what made him, I think, very interesting. He's very much a philosopher of mundane things. So he would like very much over dramatically think about everything. And it kind of like it was kind of a fun twist on like a teen comedy show because he was I don't know. Anyway, so he had this best friend, Ellen. So these were two best friends. Um, did everything together, really supportive of each other. And that's what I liked about them is they were friends first. Yeah. Um, and they never really officially got together, but there was always kind of like a, a, a tinge there. Like the writers did a really good job of kind of like very subtly putting in kind of a romantic nature to their relationship. Uh, and I kind mm -hmm. of, I tend to personally really like relationships that are friendship based first. Yeah. Like the fact that they are so supportive of each other are such close friends with each other um, before anything else is really important, I think. You build a strong foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Them. It's a real strong foundation. And there's um, there is one episode where they go on a date, uh, which doesn't go well because, you know, it's TV. Um, <laughs> so he goes on it. They go on a date and he wants to get this really nice car to take her out. So she's like extremely excited that he asks her out. So like, again, best friends, very excited, like lots of excitement on both their accounts, like doing a date. But he... Um, he gets he wants to get do this gets his fancy car from uh his, basically from his bully which doesn't make very much sense but that was the storyline i guess right. and he he does uh but this bully gives him lots of advice about how to go on dates because you know pete doesn't never been on a date before and it's lots of really <laughs> terrible advice it's like um trying to remember exactly what it is but um something it was it was very like sexual nature how to how to um something about fogging up the windows or like it was she was trying to like uh, give him advice about like how to make a move basically and mm -hmm. um because pete was feeling like he didn't have the understanding of how to do so so the date didn't sense. go well he was trying to act like he, someone he wasn't he took basically. that advice i'm assuming he took the advice he was trying to act more quote-unquote cool than he actually was okay um, he was just acting very different. So he's not being the person that she was friends with, right? So he was trying to, like, because the nature of the relationship changed, he felt like he had to change. Um, and it, it ruined it. But they they reconciled at the end. It's, you know, it's a TV show. Everything gets solved in a half hour. So he kind of, like, apologized and talked about it. And um, it ended with a kiss kind of a thing. But, like, a, oh, a friend. Right. Not a friend kiss, but, like, a, a short kiss. That kind of the turning out. point of the relationship? <sighs> Unfortunately, because... It was a kid show. It, it didn't have like a, a cohesive long-term storyline. Yeah. It was more just like bits. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so you didn't see it necessarily build in such a way. Um, but I, I really liked them. As, and there is a song that they play the in the background every time they have one of these moments. And it was very much, it, it enhanced the mood quite a bit. So I think the, the musical choices they used did a really good job of kind of like, 
um, capturing both like the feelings involved in a relationship like that, but also the ambiguity. So kind of like the um, not sure, but like really interested and just kind of like not being able to kind of like 100% know if that's the way you want to go. I thought it was a very, mm-hmm. the musical choice I thought was very, very strong and it enhanced how I viewed their relationship. Okay. That's a strong number two. Yeah. Wow. I wonder who your number one is going to be. <laughs> well, it, it plays into my bias, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. You want to do honorable okay. mentions? Yeah, let's do honorable mentions. I actually have a lot of honorable mentions. You have a lot of honorable mentions? Yeah. All right. So I'll do mine. I'll, I'll go with mine first. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the way that I view these 90s Nick relationships, mm-hmm. a lot of them sucked. It's true. It's true. I had such a hard time coming up with my top three that I was gassed. I didn't make an honorable mention. No? No, I was done. Okay. No honorable mentions for me. I actually have a lot. All right. Okay. So, sticking with live action, I have Clarissa and Sam from Clarissa Explains It All. So yeah, I remember that show, but I don't remember much about it. I don't remember it. much about the relationship, and that's why I couldn't put it on the list. I'm pretty sure they were never romantically involved. Um, plus, he climbs into her window, which is super creepy. Yeah. Um, but they were, you know, they were really good friends, and like I said, friendship was a big thing in terms of like me making this list so mm-hmm. i kind of like wanted them to be a couple i don't know if they ever were i don't remember it well enough okay all right i'll go through the rest of these so um <laughs> i i just really wanted to mention henry and june i don't think they're ever romantically <laughs> into each other <laughs> uh, i just like them i just wanted to mention them yeah uh, i do have nigel and marion thornberry as an honorable mention I think it's cool that they work together and like travel around and do stuff, and they're both pretty supportive of each other. Yeah, I, thought, I remember I, the show I, super I well. They're, they're they have a good relationship. It's just yeah. they're boring. <laughs> I just have this whole issue with like Nickelodeon, like adult males being like boneheads. And oh like, yeah, that's very common of like sitcoms too. Yeah, and just moronic adult males. Yeah. yeah, that's neither here nor there. All right, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's a solid point. So I have Grandma and Grandpa from Hey Arnold as an honorable mention. Yeah, they're all right. They yeah. they 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 had lots of affection towards each other. He was they still had like that very um, kind of stereotypical old person relationship in terms mm-hmm. of like um, the conflict and her being quote like her being a little bit off the wall. Yeah, and him kind of like <laughs> having to deal with that. And he was supportive, but he yeah. was still kind of they were fun. Yeah, weird occasionally. All right, so my last honorable mention is uh Kel and Orange Soda because <laughs> <laughs> anyone wants a relationship where someone loves you that much, right? Like Kel loves Orange Soda so much and like I just I adore the amount of <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, so so help me understand for the day. Help, help me understand. <laughs> so what's the difference between Carol's obsession for orange soda and Doug's obsession for patty mayonnaise. Because I'm, I'm still stuck on this one. Um, I one can't one say person obsessed with something else and something else doesn't necessarily love them back. I guess I'm speaking for orange soda here. Yeah, but. yeah, you don't know what orange soda thinks. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's a different level for Kale's love for orange soda. I don't know. I don't have any response for that. <laughs> okay, really okay. Something to think about. Something to think about, for sure. He was certainly, I think, obsessed, but I think he was a caring, generous, you know. He flaunted orange soda around. He, he did, did do that. He didn't hide his love for orange soda. Yes, I can he give you that. He was very upfront about it. He communicated it to the orange soda every time. And, and 
just that level of affection, like before drinking the soda, just making sure the orange soda knew how much he loved them and reminding them that it was true. Mm-hmm. And that he does. I can he do does. It. He does. I can get down with that. All right. What's your, <laughs> What's your number one? <laughs> we should not talk anymore about that. What's your number one? <laughs> uh, my number one, Rocket Power. Bart, Reggie Rocket and Trent. Okay, tell me about yeah. Reggie Rocket and Trent. I do Trent, not remember this right Trent well. was from, I think, New Zealand. Okay. I want to say, fact check me. Uh, New Zealand moved to where they were. Also, Trent was a new kid on the block. All the girls had crush on Trent. Reggie had a huge crush on Trent. So for those of you who know Rocket Power, knows that Reggie was a strong female character who also kicked butt in all extreme sports. Very true. She was just dominating and she excelled and she was just awesome at everything that she did. So whenever Trent came around, Reggie really started to to change. She started to make a fool out of herself. She started to act differently. She was just trying to get Trent's attention. Uh, Trying to get Trent's attention. Wanted her wanted him to teach her how to do basic sporting uh, tasks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she was uh, she was playing that card. Mm-hmm. Also a very common stereotype that's played up on TV shows. Yes, for sure. So uh, she continued to do that, and it came out that, uh, that she was just faking. She confessed. She eventually came around, I actually know how to skate. I don't mm. fall all the time. Matter of fact, I rarely fall. I'm an excellent surfer. This is where my my bias and my passion and my research comes in again. Okay, hit me. So this was Trent's response to that. Very nonchalantly responded. And he was just kind of like, oh, I knew the whole time. He's like, I was just waiting for you to come out and be yourself. I like you for who you are. Dang. And so I was like, man, for him to just like, to just go along with it and be like, because he could easily say, hey, I know this isn't you, but like, he let her discover that path on her own and they were able to make something out of that. Yeah, I like that. Like, that was cool to be like, be there and support, but not to control. Yeah. And I think, I think it's huge in relationships. I think a lot of TV characters that I've seen really kind of like, really react to lies like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's very common to have a reaction of like, oh my gosh, I'm not mad that you're like this, but I just wish you had told me. Yeah. Um, instead of, and it sounds like in the situation, Trent kind of went that extra step of like really connecting with her and like understanding where she's at and like letting her come around to it. Like you said, I think that was a really good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 So that's my number one. I'm proud right. of that one. That was good. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about your number one. Should we get a drum roll? Did you have a guess? Ah, I think you can get it. Let's see. It's not Hair Arnold, is it? Huh? It's not from Hair Arnold. It is from Hair Arnold. It is from Hair Arnold. It is. Which is completely <laughs> my bias. I completely ignore it. Wouldn't, that. Uh, it wouldn't consist of uh, Gerald, would it? It would. Oh, well, let's hear it. Gerald Johansson and Phoebe Hired. Yeah. I, again, this is a completely I just like I have so many um, positive feelings towards them mm-hmm. and it was a very subtle storyline you, you kind of pick it mm-hmm. up as you go occasionally um, and according to Craig Bartlett they were official okay so according to the guy who did the show like they were official in the show 
never knew um, that. Learn something new. And this is kind of where I kind of play in that developmental piece because, like, um, you know, they're they're young, so they're not going to get to a certain level of intimacy, emotional or physical, like at that age, right? They're just yeah. not gonna. They're not gonna kiss. They're not gonna. Maybe they do, but like not like a full on make out. They're not gonna like um, be as close as a couple as you know hold around. But like they show affection. They hold hands in a few episodes. They're very like cordial towards each other. And like one of the big things with this couple is um, who's Phoebe's best friend. <laughs> do you remember? Was it uh, who was it? Helga. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I was thinking. And how does Helga treat Phoebe? Same way she treats everybody. Yeah, like, and worse, because she's just so, like, demanding of her. Yeah. And, like, Phoebe is so much how um, Oscar Kakashka's wife is mm-hmm. um, towards Oscar. She's like that towards Helga and just, like, do whatever you say and, like, um, do whatever. And mm-hmm. she didn't seek out a romantic partner like that at all. Gerald's not like that. Gerald's very... Um, yeah. Yeah, he does not kind of, like, take advantage of her in a situation. She's not looking for a partner that would um, to take care of or to do their bidding, so to speak. She's looking for a partner who's more looking for an equal relationship. And um, I think it's cool that they're very, they're very different in terms of kind of, like, their persona. Like, she's kind of, like, the smart nerd. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, like, the cool guy, right, with all yeah, the stories. Sure. And I think that, that was, like, the, the best, most interesting dynamic that uh, – to pour those two pieces together. I thought yeah. that was something cool to see. Yeah. Something that you don't see very often. Absolutely. And I think they kind of value that in each other. Like just being able to, you know, Phoebe's not going to start getting on um, porches and telling stories about legends, but mm-hmm. and, uh, Gerald didn't seem like he was getting bad grades, but he's not moving up to like the sixth grade or whatever it is that Phoebe moved up to in that episode. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that they find those qualities attractive about each other. Yeah. Like, just the fact that they find each other attractive um, in, in a romantic sense and find each other like, um, you know, just being friendly towards each other and treating each other well. I, I really like them. For sure. I think yeah. it's a, uh, it's pretty common that, you know, whenever you're with a romantic partner that you guys pick up on some things uh, that you like about each other and mm-hmm. you kind of take on some of those habits or, different sayings or different mannerisms. Uh, at the same time, though, it was like they didn't lose themselves in the relationship that they built together. And they, yeah. and they respected that and they gave each other the Absolutely. space to continue to be yeah. them in the relationship. Yeah, there was no storyline about Gerald trying to act a certain way to impress her or her acting a certain way to impress him, which is kind of what you'd expect, right? The cool mm-hmm. guy, the one everyone likes, you'd think she was would have to put on this like big sh- or feel like she had to put on this big show. And she doesn't have to. He kind of likes her for her, and she likes him for him. For sure, for sure. It's a good number one, dude. I thank you. I they were going to be my number one, probably no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. I I, um, even if I probably watched every episode of everything, it wouldn't have slayed my. So whenever we do like seventies live action, I'm pretty sure Phoebe Joe's going to be the number one. You know. I do follow the rules. Yeah. And they fit within the rules. So the number one, uh, ship them forever. I I would also love to see. So also in addition to the Doug show that they're going to create for us, Mm -hmm. or their college age, I really want a college age Harold episode. That'd be nice. I want to see Gerald and Phoebe, what their relationship looks like in their early twenties. Yeah. They better still be together. Otherwise I'd be really upset. I I don't know if I'd watch the show if they weren't together. 
that's that's not entirely true, but I'd be very excited. <laughs> Are any Sounds parting good. thoughts, 90s Nickelodeon couples that you feel like should be out there? Ah, uh, I don't know. I honestly think we did a better job than I expected in covering a broad range of different couples throughout yeah. different uh, series, throughout yeah. like uh, main couples as well as like mm. couples who only appeared for like single moments and episodes yeah. Yeah. I think we did a pretty good job I think so too I apologize to those who were interested in shows that I feel like we covered a lot of shows between the two of us you know I didn't know Rugrats as well but you did yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. Rocket Power as well but you did um, for sure I know Hey Arnold a little bit yeah, better yeah you got Hey Arnold I feel like I, I remember Rocco a little bit more than you too yeah you got um, so that worked out and thanks to you for listening today If you want to become a part of Relevation Nation and get daily information about romantic relationships or just want to learn more about Relevate, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash myrelevate, follow us on Twitter at myrelevate, or on Instagram at instagram.com slash myrelevate. Special thanks to our producer and the composer of our opening music, Denzel Jones. See you next time.